Celebrating six years of podcast excellence. Excellence. Kingofpodcasts.com proudly presents the Wrestling Is Real Podcast. Because wrestling needs us. So I'm not going to talk about WrestleMania 35 and try to analyze and nitpick and overly examine like a Tuesday night quarterback every little thing that was and wasn't done right with WrestleMania 35. I've heard enough about it this week listening to all the other podcasts doing recaps about it and have at it. You know what? Pick it apart. Pick at the bones like fucking vultures. I don't care. You can do that all you want. That's not what I'm going to do on the show. Okay? Wrestling is real podcast. We're going to get back to reality, folks. We got into the WrestleMania spirit for a couple of months. And, you know, I got into, you know, recapping Raw and SmackDown a little bit. Picking out what takeaways we're getting out of things that led towards WrestleMania. We're done. Now they did what they did. And what they had done so far, which I'm pretty satisfied with, is when it comes to the full construct of how they set themselves up for post-WrestleMania season and for the WrestleMania offseason, because that was most important for them. I'm looking at six months down the line, because roughly six months from today, SmackDown Live will be moving the Fox, and the Fox Network might even take on more shows, because according to a conference call that Triple H had, he was asked about NXT possibly moving to Fox Sports 1 because that has been talked about. Now, Fox Sports 1 is already going to have a recap show. I think it's a weekly one that's going to be about WWE when it comes to Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. They're going to talk all about it. And so one of the things that might happen that Hunter said could possibly happen is that because NXT and NXT UK are so popular on the network, that maybe there's enough interest in Fox Sports 1 to at least carry NXT. And that wouldn't be a bad thing at all. I mean, there's precedent, of course. We've seen it on cable before. But, I mean, it's something that with Fox Sports 1, besides baseball and college sports and other things they might be able to carry that might get some audience. You know, they don't have USA anymore. So they should leverage, in terms of Fox, leverage the WWE program they can get, the top program they can get, and get it on their channel to use it for proper reasons that would work for them. I think that's not a bad idea whatsoever. Now, what do they do? Right? Well, when it came to WrestleMania, it was getting the belts off of the part-timers. I think everybody can agree with that right there was very important for the company to do. So Brock Lesnar, Ronda Rousey are no longer the focus. And you go into the night, the nights after WrestleMania, they were not the focus whatsoever. They were basically afterthoughts. The focus was on Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. The two underdogs that the fans really clamored and hoped would have win. They were this year's Daniel Bryan, basically. And they got their chance up there. And... Regardless of what you want to say about the finish to how Becky Lynch might have not properly rolled up Ronda Rousey for the pin, but nevertheless, the pin happened, and I don't hear anything else about it. And with Brock Lesnar and Seth Rollins, I heard nothing else about Seth Rollins. As far as where Seth Rollins goes, you know, he said goodbye to the Shield once again because Dean was leaving, and that was done at the end of the show after everybody was, after we were, they were off TV. 
Now, I'm going to get to the the big stupid mistake they made on Monday. We'll get to that in a second. Like it's a sore of thumb. We'll get that in a second. You know, Triple H not having to be colluded in the whole idea that he was going to be retired, but yeah, he might work. You know, it, I mean, Batista decided to go and take the loss. It's what it is. Kurt Ankle gets his heat back on Baron Corbin. All right. Miz and Shane will continue to have their issues. And Roman Reigns got his win on Drew McIntyre, so that was strong. But yeah, Drew McIntyre will still be looked at as a contender. And that could be very much because of the money in the bank. Okay. And Kofi Kingston right now, you know, they decided not to, they decided to do something with uh, his first night uh, as the title holder. But at this moment, he's still holding the belt. So nothing with him losing the belt the next night or something like that. But let's talk about what they did try to do which was moronic. Now, this is not because they haven't done this before in wrestling. I've absolutely done it. But with all the momentum that this company had, I mean, I don't think I heard a lot of horrible reviews about the outcomes of the matches. Now, people might have said, oh, people might not have done so well, too many matches, too long for those that were there live, too hard to get in and out of the stadium after the fact. I understand all of that. <clears throat> but what needs to be said of everything is that Certain things that were done were good for the sake of the company. Who came away with belts and who came away with uh, championships? I mean, even the Iconics as tag team champs for the women, it's not a big deal for me. I think it's just, you know, for the women right now, those belts have only been held by one other group, one other tag team. So to give to the Iconics to hopefully build them up, it's kind of like a late cool idea. Let's see where it goes. I'm willing to go ahead and let them try to get somewhere. I didn't think there were too many other teams they were going to look at. And, you know, maybe there's some chances for some other wrestlers within the mix to be able to do something. I mean, I'm still curious about Kurt Hawk and Zack Ryder as the tag team champs on the Raw side. Interesting, the Hardy Boys won over the Usos on Tuesday night. They didn't do this at WrestleMania. Instead, Usos were kept strong and won in the Fatal 4-Way at WrestleMania. So that was interesting. Now, so where we're at is everything was kind of in limbo this week because of Superstar Shakeup. Now, what can they do to shuffle things around? Well, I mean, there might be a couple of names they can move over. I would honestly think that I mean, there's going to be some changes they're going to have to make that have already been done before. I think Kevin Owens and AJ Styles to Raw would be good. I think um, like an EC3 would serve well on SmackDown. I think that maybe even the Revival could work well on SmackDown. I think the tag teams definitely need some switch around. Maybe Rusev and Nakamura to Raw. Maybe, you know, I don't know what else you do. I mean, Bobby Lashley, maybe you move him. To SmackDown, you move Samoa Joe to Raw. I would think that would be good. You could even move Drew, Drew McIntyre over to SmackDown if you didn't feel like he was ready to be put up on a Raw. Maybe you have somebody else in mind for Seth Rollins. Because they haven't determined that yet. And I think they're going to de determine that. And they're going to have time for it at Money in the Bank. So Superstar Shakeup will play out like that, I think. 
those are some of my initial thoughts. What happens after that? Well, they get four weeks to build up the money in the bank. Now, the company did something smart by doing a little whittling off of some of their pay-per-views. If you look at the schedule going down the line, right, they will have money in the bank. And let me look on the schedule real quick. Money in the bank will be held May 19th, Hartford, Connecticut. In previous years, either Backlash or Extreme Rules would be your next pay-per-view, but they made the switch. And it was a smart switch to put money in the bank here, obviously because it is the most interesting pay-per-view, the most intriguing pay-per-view after a lot of them. Maybe say Hell in a Cell. I think, dare I say, I think Money in the Bank is as exciting as Survivor Series, or probably more than that when you think about it because of the gimmick. So, this is not a bad place to put it here because the Money in the Bank match no longer happens at WrestleMania. So the pay-per-view takes care of that. But now you keep it immediately after as a lead-up because I think what WWE has understood is that the Money in the Bank briefcase holder, you came away with, again, the same like you do at Royal Rumble, you get a winner from a title match for the title matches at Royal Rumble but then you have the Royal Rumble match, which determines a contender. And that's actually good because then you get that major match that will create a strong contender. And the fact that you get it started here in May, you know, roughly what? Five weeks after the WrestleMania pay-per-view, because then you get one week for the superstar shakeup, the shakeup's done, and then you get a four-week build the money in the bank. Okay. Well, that said right there, you make your changes, and you really don't have to do much when it comes to the match just because you probably will have at least, what, six to eight people per match, and then you'll have the women's match as well. So will there be a Raw and SmackDown version, or will there just be a... I mean, they're going to do a Raw and SmackDown version, I guess. Will they do Raw and SmackDown versions for the women as well? Could there be four Money the Bank ladder matches? I don't know. That would be probably a little overkill. But they might do that. I'm not just sure. I'm just not sure how they'll do it. So with that said, you're going to get contenders and champions out of those shows. You could have the champions not even you have to even compete at those shows. But we're not now right now. The one thing that's most important is that you're going to have every champion competing full time. And it's been a very long time since we've seen that. Now that is the most important reason why there's the testament to what the company said earlier in December of last year that you're going to get what you want. Well, now they have it. Regardless if it's gotten there the way they wanted it to, they got what they wanted. Hey, you asked Kofi Kingston to be the champion, he is. You asked for Becky Lynch to be champion, she is. You hoped that Seth Rollins would take the belt off of Brock Lesnar, he did. That's how it is. I mean, that answers a lot of things. Finn Balor beat Bobby Lashley for the IC title? Yeah. Samoa Joe kept the U.S. title? Yeah. Maybe some people would have liked the underdog, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins, to win? Well, they did. Who's supposed to retain? Yeah, probably. I think, like I said, except for Shane McMahon, which I don't think people really or standing too much behind. Even Roman Reigns got his got his win. I mean, everything that you wanted. I did say 
in my WrestleMania 34, 35 recap, I don't think anybody else said this was Christmas for WWE fans. It doesn't even come Christmas in July. It's Christmas in April. You got everything that you wanted. So don't tell me the fans are not entitled. They're not a little bit spoiled because now you are. You've been entitled with this outcome of all these different superstars that you're all behind, right? Now you got this. And now you're spoiled because you got so many outcomes that you wanted. It's like there was an epiphany of good people, of baby faces winning all across the board. That's what happened. And the, for those that wanted a little bit of nostalgia, well, like I said, Raw, you had Undertaker take out Elias. You got the appearance. <clears throat> it wasn't at WrestleMania. You got it the day after. Well, hey, that's pretty good. And people were happy about it. And then when it comes to SmackDown, you got the Hardys winning the tag team titles. There you go. All said and done. So much as you got. And the crowd had to be coming in to... Monday and Tuesday night, especially that that crowd that must be tired that have been staying in New York City all weekend into the week, they must be tired as hell. But they were all up for it. And it didn't take 10 minutes for this company to make a major mistake. And this is not that they, just, that they cannot do this. But for whatever reason, they decided to do something that what if we have not done in a while? We already did the beat the clock challenge. Have we done any handicap matches, the big 11 on threes? No. Uh, what else can we do right now that we can use as a gimmick to keep people excited after WrestleMania 35? What can we do? You're not going to have Ronda Rousey. You're gonna have, not going to have Batista. You're not going to have Brock Lesnar. You're not even going to have Roman Reigns appear on TV. So what do we get? Okay. You get Seth Rollins coming out to celebrate, more or less. Claim is conquering of the, as the Beast Slayer. He confirmed it. And then Kofi Kingston comes out with New Day, which, okay. And I was curious as to why he came out now. You know, I mean, yeah, the SmackDown thing, the brand split thing. Well, I mean, that's a little bit, that's hazy. So, I mean, to not wait to let him come on TV until Tuesday night was not a thing I didn't mind. I think that's fine. But then I'm saying to myself, why is he out here? What's this all about? I mean, it, it, it almost felt a little heelish normally when something like that happens. I mean, raining on the parade and overshadowing Seth's victory over Brock Lesnar with Kofi Kingston's victory. You know, it, the visuals didn't look good to me. When you know that Kofi Kingston was going to have a nice little celebration the next night on SmackDown. But this is what they decided to do. Not sure what it was going to be, but they decided to go this route. Okay. And then he decided who in their right mind thought this was a good idea to let Kofi come out and basically think, oh, well, you know what? I'm feeling frisky and I'm we should do something crazy for this crowd tonight because it's the raw after WrestleMania crowd. Oh, let's fucking go ahead and put together both titles and put them on the line. Winner take all. What? So they thought the winner take all idea was so good the night before for the women 
Let's do the same thing tonight. I want to know which person up at the top. Was this a Vince idea? It cannot. I mean, Vince must have been talked into this. Who the fuck thought this was a good idea? When you have all this great momentum ahead of you and you're doing all the things right and then somebody pulls this shit out and thinks this is a good idea. What are you doing? I mean, what are you thinking? You can't possibly deliver that match and that outcome without pissing fans off. Okay, you've already given them all this good. It's like a woman, and like a woman on my date, a beautiful woman, and she expects money from me. And then all of a sudden, I said, you know, after taking out on a wonderful night out, I know I took her on a on a wonderful cruise, and I take her out and I spend all this money on drinks. And all this different stuff. And then we go ahead and go do a lot of shopping. We get off the boat, all this kind of stuff. I spent all this money on this tremendous vacation that she loved. And then she asks me for the credit card because she wants to go shopping today. And I tell her, yeah, sure. Well, I mean, after all I spent for her over the cruise, you think I got enough money to go and let's just spend more? I've already put a lot of money and a lot of investment into you. And now I go ahead and consent and say, yeah, I can give you whatever you want, baby. And I don't have the money. I can't back that claim up. And so here we are. And I'm like, how am I going to get out of this? It's a dilemma that was unnecessary. They never had to pin themselves in a corner. I don't know how they did, but they did. So let me go ahead and just look again. As, we, as I watch this on TV... Let me just go through again and just try to roll this through my head again as to why this was a good idea. So, Rollins was finishing up his promo, really getting the crowd behind him, talking about the fact that Brock had to go ahead and go to Las Vegas and that while he was going to go to Vegas, that Brock should stay in Vegas because he's the champion now. And more than that, he's proud to be one of two. So, Kofi comes out. Promises that Rollins' eyes do not deceive him. Well, with E calling last night a cause for celebration. Saying New Day couldn't wait until SmackDown Live, complimenting Smith on Seth on his win. But then we go into Kofi's achievement. And then the shift focused the last night's main event. Winner take all stakes. Suggesting that he and Rollins do the same thing tonight. And Seth accepts. Now, yes. Were you looking to make sure you got a response to keep people around tonight at the end of the show? Yeah, you accomplished that. Great. But this is the extent that you have to go through to be able to do that. You did it. And now I got to say to myself, all right, you decided to do this. There is no fucking way you could play this off. There is no way you're going to be able to do anything to work this out. Anybody that has ever watched the Attitude Era or before, okay, if you've watched enough in the last 20, 22 years of the, of the Attitude Era of WWE, right, you know they're not going to give us that finish. There's no way they can give us that finish. They would not give it away the, the Raw after WrestleMania. I know people could assume that, but I don't believe it for a second. I did not believe they were going to do that. Okay, so I was already under the impression, okay, what's the DQ? Where are we going to get the false finish? 
How are they going to bail themselves out of this? Okay. Before we talk about what they did, even before they went ahead with what they did, there is not one fucking thing you could have possibly done to make people not feel upset after that, after you played that bluff and you couldn't call it. You played that hand. You bluffed the crowd. You had no reason to do that. You decided to go ahead and do that. Okay, fine. And then what happens? Who did you have in your arsenal right now that could have come out and destroyed both Seth and Kofi legitimately and people would have been fine that that's the way the match ended. We didn't get the finish, but we got something else that stood out a lot. That's going to go towards storyline. Well, no, we didn't. Not at all. No, we get the Teddy Long style straight up tag team match with the bar interfering. I don't know how, how this gets to this point. Who thought this was a good idea? Oh, we'll never know. I'd love to find out. But it was a horrible mistake. Incredibly stupid. And now they're here. And it was just a bad taste. So after this, I mean, honestly, since Roman Reigns came back, I was actually quite content with programming. And I thought, you know, with, with, with WWE basically making their normal mistakes, the continuity being shit, and everything else that they normally do, that's fine. But their outcomes, the matches were overshadowing whatever mistakes that were being made between the lines. And I think for WWE would have been fine to keep doing that. But this right here is the kind of thing you just can't do. It can't be done because you cannot sell on that. If you already gave up so much of WrestleMania, you know, this is a year where WrestleMania actually outshined the Raw after. Because I know there's been a couple of years where it has been the other way around. A lackluster WrestleMania and then the Raw after, Raw after WrestleMania shines. Okay. There was no reason for that. All you had to do was let Seth or Becky or whatever, you want to put them in matches? Go right ahead. Let them be their first title defense. Something like that. We didn't never, We never had to go to this. We never had to go to this. When you knew Dean was leaving, why don't you just let the Shield have one more match and put them together? Something like that. I don't know. You could, you know what? If the New Day were going to come out and do their thing, then why don't we just have the New Day and the Shield have one last match together? Send it all to the sunset. It's not bad. And then that whole thing that Dean said towards the end of the night, let him say that at the end, and the Shield disband once again. Man, that would have been much easier to do on Raw on Monday night. And that was no extra forethought. You already had all the guys there. But no, this thought process was stupid. And they did it. And I don't know. Shouldn't have been done. Should not have been done, but that's where they are. And I hope it's not a sign of things to come. Now, there's other things that they did that, you know, I could question. Because I'm not sure where they're going to go with it. Becky Lynch getting slapped down finally by Lacey Evans that decides to do something. Okay. Now, 
after Kurt Angle gets his heat back on Baron Corbin, Lars Sullivan finally debuts and makes quick work of Kurt Angle. Done. So Lars Sullivan enters into the mix. I mean, I would have preferred to almost have that happen over on at WrestleMania, but I know that's just too much to ask for. So Bailey and Sasha, I guess they're split. No more tag team for them. That's fine. So Lex and Bailey have their own match together. That's good. You know, Becky's still doing her, her promos. I mean, they're going to be what they are. And don't get me wrong, I love her. It's fine. We'll just let it pass. I'm really, like the man thing, you know, I guess the gimmick is kind of redeemed because she was able to go and beat both competitors in a winner-take-all and the biggest main event of her career and the biggest main event for all the women in the division. So, yeah, okay, we'll give her that. And then Lacey Evans hit the woman's right on Becky and knocked her down. And then Lynch tried to go ahead and do the disarmor, but Lacey bailed out. And then, you know, you see the feud between them, for whatever it's going to be, however the song is going to be, start off. Dean Ambrose, Bobby Lashley went no, nowhere, and Dean Ambrose just got a shit finish and looks bad at the end of his night. So I don't really like that too much. Sami Zayn came back. I mean, his return wasn't anything special, and he's on both nights. We see a couple of teases. Mojo Raleigh in front of a mirror that's shattered, and now he has like a little spider-looking thing on his face. Bray Wyatt is talking through a puppet that looks like something out of Sid and Marty Croft. If you don't know that reference, please Google it. You will be entertained. I promise you. We see Finn Balor's demon the one night winning the champ championship, but then just seeing him come out as regular Finn Balor in blue, and okay, oh, this is the guy that became champion? See, it just feels weird to see that. But anyway, went over, same as he doesn't get anything over, Finn Balor takes the, takes the pin. And again, of course, we get the bar, and then we get the, let's just get the straight-up tag team match. I mean, Teddy Long could have come out and done it. It was a SmackDown Live booking, an old SmackDown Live booking that looked bad. Okay, we got the, no, we did get Undertaker come out to Elias, and we did get Lars Sullivan debuting, and Lacey Evans now finally has done something to get started in her debut. Okay. So we got somewhere with that. Now, what about SmackDown Live? Well, nothing much. I mean, Another celebration for New Day. Drew McIntyre decides to infiltrate along with the bar on SmackDown. Okay. Alistair Black and Ricochet are still a tag team, and they're still fighting on both shows. So, it's everything's clouded right now until the shakeup. They're just doing that just to have everybody where they are at, at that now, and that's it. Braun Strowman comes out. Maybe he can go to SmackDown. That might not be a bad place for him either. I mean, I could see that going good for him if they decide to do that. It's not a bad place for him to go. So Iconics, they don't even face anybody important, So which is funny. Paige teases a new tag team to join her in the ring. Won't be Absolution, but she will manage the team, it looks like. Okay, that I'm interested in. 
I did enjoy Shane continuing to be the asshole that he is out there and getting Greg Hamilton to go out and continue to do his announcing. I thought that was actually pretty good. That's fine. We get the Hardy Boys winning over the Usos in a good match. I was like, wow, okay. I didn't expect that. And then the Hardy Boys get tumbled down by Lars Sullivan. So kind of just repeating some of the highlights from the Raw WrestleMania. Let's just do the same thing here. Okay. Very well. And then six-man tag with New Bar, sorry, with New Bar, New Day, Bar, and uh, McIntyre. That's it. SmackDown was not memorable. Raw, barely memorable. You know, they didn't give us much at all. But that would have been fine. And like I said, they could have done everything else like they did, and I wouldn't have cared less because I think a little bit of a lull after WrestleMania, I know people expect it. So you got a couple of things that, you know, were like pseudo-okay, which is fine. But then after that, you know, you could have just kept going forward. You know, Superstar Shakeup's coming up. So you did a little teasing of that throughout the night. That's fine. Okay. You did a couple of things to stand things out at the Raw SmackDowns. You had a title change on the SmackDown side. You had Undertaker make a run in on the Raw side. And that's fine. And everybody's all happy and celebrating the new champs. So that would have been fine. But we didn't need the winner-take-all thing. And apparently, the winner-take-all thing is now going to also happen next week for the tag titles. Yes. So now we're hearing that, I was reading something that Ryder and Hawkins now want to take on the Hardy Boys winner-take-all for the tag titles combined. We don't even know what they're going to do with the Raw and SmackDown women's titles and Becky Lynch. Will she continue to hold both? Will they be unified? Nothing's been said yet. And the way they're going to have to try to hold on to Becky Lynch and try to keep her strong, where she could lose one of those belts or both, something, but I'm not sure what they're going to do yet. We have no clue. Nothing's been, no indications really tell us where they're going to go. But we'll have to see what they do in the first Money in the Bank. If they decide to go ahead and have her, have Becky defend the belts against somebody, whether it be Charlotte, which we didn't see Charlotte on Monday or Tuesday night. There's a lot of people we didn't see. It's quite interesting. And as a matter of fact, not for nothing, we also did not see Daniel Bryan on either show afterwards either, which was quite interesting. All that right there is is leaves me a lot of questions. There were a lot of people who were left out, which that's fine. We didn't get any rematches, really. We did get one on Raw, but that's it. So if they would have just left the, the winner-take-all gimmick out this week, you want to do it next week? That's fine. But the way you did it this week, you could have done winner-take-all and something else, Okay. I would have preferred the U.S. title and the IC title go together. You let Finn Bauer, Samoa Joe have at it. I would have enjoyed that, right? You could have done something where Lashley comes in on, on Balor or Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn debuts and he comes back after Balor. And then for Samoa Joe, I don't know, someone else comes out and attacks him. Or Samoa Joe just gets away. Something. But you didn't have to use your two new world champions. That was not smart was not necessary so i don't know what they were thinking about that but it was a mistake absolutely mistake so we can look past that i'm gonna look past it i hope the rest of you do 
So let's look forward to now what's going to happen next. Like I said a little earlier, all right, SmackDown and Raw done. We're now moving forward. Money in the Bank after the Superstar Shakeup is next. Then Extreme Rules, excuse me, uh, Backlash will be in June, Extreme Rules in July, leading up to SummerSlam. So there's your setup all the way through to SummerSlam. So there's a plan there. Plus there is a Saudi Arabia show, which is supposed to be June 3rd, which has been undetermined yet. Plus another NXT takeover. So that right there is all in front of us. We don't know what they're going to do yet. But there's a lot of good stuff right there coming up. All right. So I like all of that. So the question is now. Uh, Money the Bank will create the contenders. And Backlash will maybe create some burning off of some feuds, things like that. And Extreme Rules, you have time, which the only you don't have to worry about with, with WrestleMania. Now you can actually build some feuds with some extreme parameters in it leading up to Extreme Rules and not letting it be so close. I think that's pretty smart. That's actually good scheduling, good booking. I mean, just of the long term. But the actual storyline booking is another story, which they're going to make mistakes on. You just kind of accept it. But like I said, you know, the right some good people have the belts right now. They're just not that strong. Now, yes, you did want to try to let the world champions who both together cannot individually draw. So you try to put them together to do something. I understand that argument, but that doesn't work here. You're going to have to take the hit. You already claimed your second quarter. Okay. WWE already made your money second quarter. There's not much more you're going to be able to pull off after that. You will get the money coming up third quarter for Saudi Arabia. That'll come for you soon. And then you'll have SummerSlam. And then you can continue to do things to keep building up. And then the new cash flow from Fox comes in after that. So there's money all the way around here, which is good. But what's important now is just start building some of these stars. Start building some of your champions. You need the, Now you made Seth Rollins a bona fide main eventer. Okay? He beat Brock Lesnar. He was a top guy at WrestleMania leading up at the end of the night, okay? And he's the only guy able to successfully win and to hold on to the belt after that. And we'll hopefully not have to relinquish. Let's just hope he doesn't get hurt again. Same thing with Kofi Kingston. Could they keep the belt on him? Yeah, maybe they could. But I want to see what happens coming forward. And I think... If anybody is susceptible right now to money in the bank, I think that's the one thing that's very important. And I think it's not just the building up of the champs, but with money in the bank, it's time to build these contenders and to really make something when the money in the bank briefcases come in their hands. Think of some of the ones we've had. Randy Orton was impressive. Baron Corbin was not impressive. He lost as a result. I mean, you just got to ask yourself, who is there that's going to have a chance to go ahead and put that get a chance to grab that briefcase and do something with it important. I mean, you had Braun Strowman hold it. So we've done, we need to find out which new stars get a chance to hold that briefcase. I'm thinking on the raw side, that'll be McIntyre. When I think of the women's side, you could make it Lacey Evans. You can make it Charlotte. You can make it a lot of different people. And then on the SmackDown side, it depends, really, because I don't know who's going to stay around to take on Kofi after the shakeup. I have no clue. 
but I do feel like maybe McIntyre should stay around after all said and done, but I don't know what they're going to do. Now, we have no real issues. We're going to see full-time belts, full-time title defenses. We're going to see our champions on TV every week. That's a very welcome, fresh change. And we have fresh champions. There's nothing stale right now. Like there's a lot of fresh feuds going, a lot of fresh storylines. That's great. So let's get them going. This is a good start for them. Now you got six months to build some of these stars and make them super hot for Fox. And then you find out which ones you're going to move over to SmackDown. That's what needs to happen. That's the focus of this company going forward. You're going to have your major events. They're going to make money. But now the next thing you got to do is you got to build yourself going forward. But there are obstacles. There are things that need to be watched out because all that pressure among their, on their, and their own internal pressure still doesn't say much about what's going on from the outside. Because it's time now they're going to talk about what's going on outside of WWE. Because we're not, nobody's talking about this, but I'm going to talk about it. All right, so Ring of Honor and G1, the Ring of Honor New Japan Pro Wrestling had the G1 Supercard. They had a full house, had a great crowd, had a very good pay-per-view. Like I said, I, I saw three pay-per-views. Uh, I did see the uh, United We Stand show for Impact Wrestling, about half of it. It was fine, wasn't bad. And I did see the MLW Battle Riot. That was okay. Like, you know, the smaller shows didn't have much to work off of. And really, you're working up against a lot of other talent. I mean, there's a lot of wrestling night, the things that were going on. Joy Janelle's Spring Break, which I saw highlights from. That's always a crazy thing. Joy Ryan's thing was going on, too. There, there, was, there was a lot to talk about. And I think the Supercard stood strong for Ring of Honor and New Japan. Could they really build themselves up and work on doing more to get some bigger shows? Can Ring of Honor truly make the bump up to move themselves to bigger arenas because they're trying to, they've already been trying to. And, you know, they're not able to go ahead and step away altogether from Samstown. Not able to step away altogether from, you know, like Chicago Ridge and these other events like this and go to Baltimore and go to a small arena or go to New York and have to go to, you know, Hammerstein. They can't move up and step up to a bigger, like 5,000 seat arena. In some cases, yes. Ted Reeve Arena in Toronto, yes. Probably can't fill it up. You know, Impact Wrestling, same thing. You could do Asylum, you could do Toronto, but they're not going to be able to pull five, 6,000 people yet. They're still too behind from that. But Ring of Honor New Japan have a better chance of doing that right now. But then there are other players in the game that are already set to do large shows. We already know about All Elite Wrestling. Now, we haven't talked about them in a little bit. They've been, you know, off the radar for a while. And I have not seen anything come up about AEW's TV show. We really haven't talked about anything like that for four months. Nothing's been said. It's been left in the, in the, in the, in the background. But there has been new talks now. So let me go and take this from Wrestling Inc. and Raj Giri. So there is a report that we do have. This is from the Fight Oracle. Warner Media Group, a.k.a. Turner Sports, which owns TNT and TBS, will present AEW Wrestling at their upfronts to advertisers next month. 
Now, the upfronts are currently scheduled for May 15th. This is the, the, the upfronts is for advertisers to see new content for the fall season for cable networks, net, net, TV networks and all. And it's just, it's one of these standard things that the media industry does. So May 15th, we're going to hear about this upfront. Now, again, let me just explain. Upworks, uh, upfronts are where major television networks make presentations and preview their upcoming fall season shows and advertisers get a chance to purchase commercials ahead of time. Now, one of the things we did not talk about since things changed was that Jim Ross has been brought into AEW. He's now a senior consultant. We did talk about that last week. Now, he told WFA on radio in New York City recently that they're going to probably have a two-hour live TV show that will premiere in October. And Ross declined to provide any additional details. He did say the AEW TV show will be on a major network that everyone will have access to. And then in February, Cody Rhodes made mention of that if this happened, potentially the deal could create a massive shift in the pro wrestling industry. So if the deal were to happen in October, we already talked about how SmackDown Live is moving over. So half of WWE's TV content is going to be moving over. We already know. We've heard about the trademarks being picked up by AEW. I haven't reported on this show, but I'm sure all of you have read about it. One of the trademarks they picked up was Tuesday Night Dynamite. So the idea is, if AEW does have this TV deal that might be coming to pass, coming to fruition, and they're going to replace WWE's Tuesday Night program, which now by Fox Network has already been declared to moving the Fridays, has already been announced the Fridays. It's set there. And with the Fox upfronts coming up now, Fox is already planning to promote to advertisers, hey, we're going to have SmackDown live on Fox Network, Friday nights, live. What a great idea. What a great thing for network TV to have, for Fox to have. That's going to be able to get a chance to build a big audience, especially when you're going to get off cable and onto traditional television. Even though people don't watch it that much, it's available for everybody. So anybody with rabbit ears. And you know, there's still quite a few people that do not get a chance to watch, you know, regular cable. They still don't have cable, surprisingly enough. And of course, we know people right now that are cord cutters, they don't have cable. So they're using rabbit ears and they're watching a mix of either Netflix, Hulu, or Amazon. So there's an audience there that can be tapped into that can either come back to WWE like they might have in the past, or maybe you might get a new audience that retains. That can happen. Because you're only on a much better network than you ever were on network TV because you were on the CW, WB, and you were on uh, UPN. Now you're on a top four network. Now you're on Fox. That's a big deal. A significant network as a young audience for the, mo- for the more part. And that's where you want to be. So AEW could very well do that. And that will be coming off the heels of their first show as a company. Double or nothing coming up Memorial Day weekend, which will happen the week, the week after Money in the Bank. How about that? That's interesting. And because of all the players that are here amongst the, with Cody Rhodes and with Jim Ross and others, you know, it's, there are people that are definitely have some kind of an attachment back to the Crockett days, 
back to Ted Turner, back to WCW. There just is. I mean, it's not direct, but there are some indirect kind of things. But Jim Ross is now a conduit to it. And who knows who else might be involved behind the scenes, helping to broker this this deal. But it's here. And if that's the case, then we might actually have the chance to see AEW might get themselves on television. And if it does, there's a big move for them. So a television deal and the big event they're going to have Memorial Day weekend is big. For Ring of Honor, they had their big show this year, New Japan Real Wrestling, to their credit, provided Ring of Honor New Japan fans in the USA. Basically, they gave us the Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, maybe Ring of Honor didn't have the biggest of the biggest, but they had really great matches. I mean, the Fiddle Four-Way, the uh, tag team match was fantastic. The Dalton Castle heel turn was very good. Some of the debuts they had with the allure, uh, you know, that was that was good. And then Jay Lethal and Matt, well, Matt Taven also winning the title in the, in the triple threat was great. Jeff Cobb having a featured match against Will Ospreay was great. And Joe, Jeff Cobb winning both belts in a winner-take-all was great. So Ring of Honor looked stunning on Saturday night. New Japan got to showcase themselves at Madison Square Garden and basically got a Wrestle Kingdom there. And needless to say, I'm sure New Japan, of course, but they're continuing to come into the States. They did Cow Palace in San Fran last year, and that was a pretty good crowd, five, 6,000 there. Where could they go next? We don't know. And then All In had their show last year, you know, AEW before it became AEW, so that's there. But then we're going to get an increase. AAA is designed to expand. They're going to do two shows this year. I don't think anybody's talked about this too much, but this is under the radar. Going to Figure Four online. This is back on April 4th. I don't think anybody talked about it, but there was a press conference last Thursday, and AAA, Lucha Libre AAA Worldwide, announced they will be running Madison Square Garden Sunday, September 15th. The first time they've been back since July 1994 when they ran the adjoining theater. They didn't get to run the garden, but they're going to run the garden on Sunday, April, Sunday, September 15th. Tickets go on sale May 4th through Ticketmaster. Streaming options will be available at a later date. Of course, if there is a show and I can get to watch it live, I will stream it and I will report on it. You can count on that. Now, What's also happening is not only are they going to have that show, there's also word, and this is from, uh, and we're learning a couple things as to what's going on here. AAA will not only do Madison Square Garden, but AAA is going to start doing North American, they're going to start doing more U.S. shows, major arenas around the country. Now, there will be a date where AAA will go to Los Angeles and they will be at the Forum. They're not going to be a stable center, but they'll be at the Forum, original Lakers home, which is still Great Western Forum back in the day, still is 12, 14,000, 15,000 people that can get in there to hold wrestling. And with that Mexican contingent over there, that's going to do well, big time. Now, the reason we're getting all this here is because a man by the name of Peter Luco, who's part of the Oakview group is responsible for bringing the promotion into the country. Now, Oakview group, if you didn't know, 
It's an entertainment company, OVG. They're a global advisory development investment company for the sports and live entertainment industries. And it was founded in 2015 by Tim Lewicki and his business partner, Irving Azoff. Irving Azoff is a familiar name to me. And that is because he's been chairman of CEO of Azoff MSG Entertainment, which is associated with Madison Square Garden. And Irving Azoff, Irving Azoff is a large uh, music manager, mogul, best known for fronting the Eagles, one of the biggest bands of all time in rock music. So there's that. And they decided to put this deal together, which I thought was quite interesting. So they're getting financial backing. They're getting help here to bring Lucha Libre into the States. And that hasn't been done in a long time. So where could they go with it next? We don't know yet. But it is very interesting so far. So I'm trying to find out more information about it. But there's not much right now. Now here's what's also going on as well with AAA. So Dorian Roldan, which by the way, Lucha Underground is no longer being produced. So therefore, the AAA wrestlers that were being featured on the Ray Network, they don't have a, a new home. But what's going to happen is uh, AAA is starting to brainstorm where they will make the league as accessible to American audiences as possible by uniting iconic Mexican wrestlers with really well-known American counterparts and fusing traditional storylines with new plots. He wants to create a crossover show, he said. It's going to even it's going to even be done in two languages, English and Spanish, to make everybody feel comfortable. We're also going to explain to the American audience which are the rules and what are the differences between the regular American wrestling versus Lucha Libre. He says he's going to promise region-specific stories, characters, and overall production value superior to Tripemania, the big Mexican wrestling event every year. So that's what we know right now. Triple A because of the major independent move, this movement I call it, it's a major independent move right now. It's happening as we speak. Something sparked two years ago that said, okay, all in, spark and lit the fuse for everybody to say, you know what? It's time. There's a new awakening for wrestling fans to find the alternative. And WWE, to the credit, with WrestleMania, I think they've been able to quash some of that. But the momentum is already here. They already let things happen. They're not able to stop the momentum from happening. They're not going to be able to do that. So that's not good for them. And that's going to be bad. Like they're, they're going to, it's going to be a struggle. And I don't think anybody's going to talk about it because it's going to be in the background. But there we are. So a lot of things happening at one time. So AEW, AAA. We don't know what the NWA is doing yet. We know that the Crockett Cup is coming up. They have time to do some things as well. But, you know, MLW is getting a better relationship with being sports. They did have a two-hour live special to run Battle Riot. So they ran it during WrestleMania weekend, which was great. Now, they did run it on a Saturday night. So they were up against the G1 Supercard. And, well, they were after the G1 Supercard. So, like, not great for them, but like for me, it was nice to watch on YouTube and still catch it after the fact. But it was a lot of shows to watch. And the United we stand, you know, when it comes to Impact Wrestling, some of these smaller shows they do, especially when it's just internet only, I mean, 
it's not bad, but it's not as well produced. And I wish they would clear that up a little bit. The Twitch, these Twitch live events are a little bit hokey. I wish they would get a little more stepping up on the production value and just kind of clean things up. Because Josh Matthews always sounds like he's, his mic is too hot. The packages don't ever run that well on time. Mics are not well uh, done. It's not very well lit. Things like that. It's just, it looks bad. Across the board, Impact Wrestling needs to do better like they do with their television shows. Their tapings are always looking well, look great. They look good. They're produced great. They need to do more of this. So the Impact needs to have consistency on all their stuff they're doing. I know they can't do it for the shows they're partnering up with. And this was something they partnered up with also with Luge Underground and for MLW, but it still was kind of tough to do that. So you know we stand, I mean, maybe the venue wasn't great, but you know, well, for what it's worth, I mean, look, we had the show, it was, that was cool to have, but I think they could have done better. Now, so MLW is working their way up. They got a nice relationship there. Impact Wrestling, they're building their Twitch audience. They're building their audience of pursuit. They're in a place. They're at least somewhere, and they're, both of their products are improving. Improving a lot. Something got to be said where MLW is doing very well with Teddy Hart. I think seeing Johnny Impact and Eddie Edwards and Brian Cage and Moose and all these others in the mix of things and Killer Cross, which by the way, I haven't seen Killer Cross in a little bit. We saw him on TV, but we didn't see him at a United We Stand. And I know he did other shows, but wasn't part of the Impact Wrestling part, which was interesting. So all that there is good. As like I said, Ring of Honor looks solid coming out of the Supercard. New Japan just keeps looking like a million bucks and they get more American exposure, which is great. Because they do get a little oversaturated and overdone in Japan by all the shows that they do every year to go ahead and make a few more trips to the U.S. and give fresh matches for these American audiences is only a step up for them. And the other thing that's got to be important is will we continue to see more of these shows with groups working together? And we need to see more of that. I'd like to still see more of NWA working with other organizations. I mean, not just you seeing talent being allowed to go on other shows. I'd like to see the continue super cards to come together. I think that's really great. And I think that's something that needs to happen. Now, as for AAA, I mean, it's pretty obvious we got to say something that Impact Wrestling needs to take advantage of their leverage of their relationship with AAA now. It's getting built up better. Conan's working with them. MLW's working with them. Those two organizations need to work with AAA and piggyback off of that. Because I think with AAA, they can't just carry those two shows in New York and LA alone. I think they need help from both. And let's just say NWA could also afford to be in the mix. And let's just say AEW could also afford to be in the mix. So New Japan and AAA putting a lot of money into their shows. AEW has a new show. If the TV deal gets off the ground then obviously they're going to be off and running doing pay-per-views. And then the ball starts rolling for some of these companies to really do something big. And multiple big event shows will continue to increase year after year. And meanwhile, WWE is going to have their cash grab from Saudi Arabia. They're going to have their cash grabs from all their major four pay-per-views. They're going to have to keep their momentum up. Now, we haven't talked about how NXT, you know, we keep getting all these this great talent, but they're just not turning it around. And there's a lot of people complaining about that. And that's a big problem. Like I was just reading about EC3 today. He's in the doghouse for whatever reason. They did put him out there uh, with Drake Maverick on a house show. 
maybe the idea is that Rockstar, Spud, and EC3 working together, maybe that relationship will foster something good and EC3 can get built back up. I don't know. But look at other people that are from NXT. I mean, Heavy Machinery is lost in the in, in the circle. They're lost in the mix. We haven't heard from uh, Authors of Pain because they're hurt. Now, Lars Sullivan has a chance to try to step out. Maybe he could flourish. Lacey Evans has also stepped out. There's two stars that were built in and developed directly by WWE. Not these other free agents they've had on that they've always had on their other shows that are just polished and brought back up to the roster or brought up to the roster. We don't know what's going to happen yet. But this all encumbers, encumbers many things. For what was worth, WWE did what they needed to do to right the ship and to get things back on track. But there's so much more work to do in order for this company to get with it. But corporatizing the way things are, the storylines are done. You know, they've made some good decisions overall going forward to Superstar Shakeup, going forward to Money in the Bank, going forward to Super SummerSlam season. But those plans and that momentum can get taken off the rails right away. And when it does, you're going to, I'm going to hear, going to hear me pointed out. So keep that in mind. Let's just wait. Let's enjoy this while we can. Right now, we don't have to worry about much about AEW. We'll see what comes up from that, from other shows. But again, May 25th is a pinnacle moment for AEW. September 15th will be another pinnacle moment when it comes to AAA. And then October, okay, October is going to be huge for the year of wrestling here in 2019. Because if AEW comes on board and they occupy the Tuesday night slot, which was occupied by WWE for SmackDown Live because they moved to Fox, what does that tell you? And how big a deal is that going to be? Now, we're not going to get the head-to-head because they don't need a head-to-head. But AEW at the least, will be able to say, if they were, I mean, God forbid they were able to get on TBS or TNT. If that were to happen on Tuesday nights, then you could say they're going to be a better spot than what Impact Wrestling or TNA was at their peak on Spike. Not for nothing. I mean, Spike was a pretty big channel, but TBS and TNT are bigger channels in the long run. So that right there, is monster. And if AEW production value and their storylines and everything works out right, off and running, and if they're able to pull a couple of million people on that show, which they could do, hey, don't knock it for nothing. The fans might pull themselves to it. There's a good chance. If that TV deal does come into play, I'm waiting to see if it comes up. And I'll tell you, I'll get on here. If I I don't get on this show, I will do it on the extra channel on Anchor, and I'll make sure to talk about it when it becomes breaking news. But a lot of major things happening now. The major independent movement is here. Moves are happening. AAA has repositioned itself. The Lucha Underground project is done. They're going to cross over to America. They're going to do it bigger. They're going to go ahead and do the kind of stuff they were doing in the temple, outside the temple, in the big arenas. They want to do it. They're ready for it. They have the backing. They have the help. There you go. When it comes to Impact Wrestling, they've had an entertainment company helping out themselves as well. So that's good. Ring of Honor, working with New Japan, maybe they'll take the step up as well. 
maybe another cable network might look at them as the next viable spot. They were already given a chance before. And I'm just saying, after AEW gets their TV deal, will wrestling become a commodity again? And will another cable network say, you know what? I want to pick up on this. You know, Impact Wrestling was just on Pop TV. We should move them up. Ring of Honor, they're on their own companies held channels, both Ring of Honor and Impact. And I'm sure they're not afraid to go ahead and move themselves to another network if somebody comes calling. If there's money to be made, they'll be happy to move Impact Wrestling off of Pursuit and they'll be happy to move Ring of Honor off of Stadium or whatever channel they else have for themselves. So it's all there. Common, I think it is. Or not common, now it's something else. I forget which one. Stay tuned, folks. Wrestling is Real Podcast. We're going to continue this. This is only episode 447, but I'm telling you, somewhere before now in show 500, we're going to get a lot of shit happening. The pot's going to stir. And I can't wait to see how this plays out. I got my popcorn ready, basically, literally, and I'm ready to keep an eye on this. And I will keep you posted on it because that's the focus of the rest of the year. How will WWE work off of the success, I would say, of WrestleMania, of what they did correctly and how they profited from it and how they're going to get going forward, preparing to go up and move into the new broadcast deals and get their Fox deal ready to go without losing what's going on in the rearview mirror. Behind them, they know competition's coming up. They're not thinking about it really, but they think, well, that TV deal from AEW happens. Maybe we should worry about that. Right? And then, what needs to happen too, which is not what a corporate style has done, this is not what WWE does well, but if AEW comes in, if AAA does well, if AAA, God forbid, does something where on their own channels, they're able to do something to get their show somewhere else, right? You never know. Maybe AAA could find themselves on television somewhere else because they'll have the chance to move over. Obviously, they have no problem being able to produce it. You know, just a matter of, they just need another group to come and produce their shows. But somebody might take up on it. Obviously, if El Rey was willing to do it for five seasons, they could do this here. Or four seasons, they could do it. It's very exciting. So that's what I have for you all of you tonight. I thank you for tuning in. And I can't wait to find out what happens next. But as I said, while WWE is trying to work on their thing in the rearview mirror, the major independent movement is making moves. They're making very smart measures. And I don't think the mistakes of WCW and others are going to be made again. I think everybody that's right now that's on the way looking up at the big Titan Towers, they're sending themselves, we're not going to make the same mistakes again. I don't think anybody right now is making those kind of mistakes where they're going to fail. They just need to make sure that certain players don't stay in the mix, but everybody's got a chance to succeed right now. And WWE will eventually have competition. Tell you what, by the time we get to the end of the year, if any of these prognostications I'm making right now come to pass, then 2020 is going to be a hell of a year for wrestling. 
it's going to be a landmark year because we will have heady days once again across the board. And this year is as important because there's a lot of different things to look at. Oh, there so many different pieces are moving right now. We will keep our ears peeled, eyes open, and I'll keep reading and I'll keep researching and I'll keep letting you know what's going on. So until next week, come back for another Wrestling Israel podcast because wrestling needs us. The following has been a presentation of kingofpodcasts.com. Subscribe to the Wrestling Israel podcast from iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Podcasts and all major podcast portals. Follow the King of Podcasts on Twitter at King of Podcasts or at Wrestling Is Real on Facebook. We want to hear from you 24 hours a day. Call into the Wrestling Is Real voicemail at 561-899-7030 or email the show at kingofpodcasts at yahoo.com. And don't forget to check out the King of Podcasts other show, The Broadcasters Podcast, found at broadcasterspodcast.com.